Hey, y'all. Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Ali B, and I'm so very grateful you are here with me for this episode. If this is your first time listening to an episode, a very special welcome to you, and I hope that you will stick around. This week, my special guest is Maurice Horstead. He is a longtime dear friend of mine. And when I asked him to send his bio for his introduction, this is what he said. Maurice is the longest friend that I've had. (laughs) This is true. This is true. kind of true because I've literally known this man my entire life. Like literally my entire life. We grew up in the same church Um, for an for a formal intro, though, uh, Maurice is a husband. He is a father. He is an army vet and a musician. Welcome to Shays of Brown. It's so good to have you, Maurice. I am happy to be here. Uh, of course, you know, I always tune in, but it's good to be a member uh, of the community to be able to, you know, deposit some jewels if I can yeah. and uh, be jewels able to and gems. help share the wisdom. Come on. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it, it means a ton to me. Um, and I know you be watching like the full episodes because you be saying stuff that's like in the middle of an episode. I'm like, okay. He watched like that wasn't just from a promo clip. He watched the episode or he listened to the full episode. So yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. Before we start unpacking all things, let's get into this first segment, Shades of Dating. OK, so Maurice, you are married, but I'm quite certain you have plenty of good, juicy dating stories that predate uh, being married to your amazing <laughs> wife. So tell us, this, this is the segment where, where me and my guests, we just share ridiculous dating stories that further confirm the dating pool. It got some stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some toxic chemicals, maybe some pee in it. <laughs> so Maurice, tell us one of your dating stories. I have so many. Uh, <laughs> firstly, I'll share a very early one. I was 18. This is hilarious. Like getting back on it. I was 18. And no, I was 17, actually, because I turned 18 when I actually left to go to the Army. So this was before I left to go to basic training. Me and this girl, you know how we grew up in church, but like most of our relationships were distant because we didn't date the same girl in the same church. We dated somebody who was distant. So I dated this girl. Uh, I'll keep her (laughs) unnamed in the story (laughs) but she lived far away we had uh, negotiated uh her coming down and um we were going to go to the movies and go out to dinner now i don't know what i was thinking i had like 20 like two dollars maurice and this was before the movies. It was even like expensive, but it was still like two people, and we were supposed to go to dinner. Sorry. So, <laughs> so we went to the movies. Movies was good. We was you know chilling. So we went to the little Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> you know, I'm from Enterprise, so we, we went to the Ruby Tuesday because that was the only yes. sit down restaurant for real at yes. the time. So we get in there, and then I start thinking about. <laughs> Man, I only got like twelve dollars left. So I'm like, man, how am I gonna make it? So she ordered, you know, like something on the menu for dinner. And 
I was like, mm, let me find something cheap. I was like, I'm not really that hungry. I'm going to order this dessert. <laughs> so I ordered the strawberry tar cake. And, you know, I'm sitting there smashing my dessert. Oh, man. <laughs> and just so happened, one of my high school classmates was a waiter there at the time. So I pretend to go to the bathroom and I'm like, yo, I'm on this date. <laughs> I don't have no money. <laughs> yo, can you hook me up? So he shot me like $8 from his tips. He was like, here you go, man. And uh, I was like, man, you're a lifesaver. So when we get the bill, it was just enough. Wow. When I'm talking about just enough, it was just <laughs> enough to pay the bill. And so that story was hilarious to me because oh, I'm sitting there nervous. And then even out? once we... I told her like years later, <laughs> but at the time she was just like, okay, I guess it's weird, wow. but whatever. That's um, so why. Yeah, I was nervous. We we got outside and we was talking afterwards and I was still like kind of jittery because I'm like, man, how in the world am I going to pull this off? But it, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. That is a good one. I always wonder like how because I've heard of like guys doing it like being in a pickle like that and I'm like y'all didn't y'all didn't calculate this beforehand like no <laughs> no now as I got older I definitely started you know paying attention to you know how much money I had and like started kind of like saying oh I'm gonna need around about this much yeah. but that was like early on so I didn't really know how dating was I ain't even date for real when I was in high school. So I was like, let me uh, just take these $22. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Movies, dinner, yeah. It's good. Nowadays, you can even get concessions at the movies for $22. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Popcorn would be like $18. Seriously, I have to like smuggle in stuff because ain't no way I'm doing it. Absolutely. My kids don't believe in that, though. I'd be so mad. Be like, why can't you eat this dollar store candy? Listen, dollar store candy. And so right after Thanksgiving, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, me and my fa- some of my family, you know, my sister, Sheila, Ashley, Sheila's kids, some other cousins. We all went to see Black Panther. We had a whole row. So Ashley's calling me beforehand like, hey, you got the candy? I, I couldn't find it to dollar store. Like, what you got? And I'm like, well, I'm at Pizza Hut getting a personal pan because I didn't get dinner and I'm about to smoke. She's like, wait a minute, you had a whole pizza? Like, yes, ma'am. I'm putting it in my purse. Yeah. Like, you know what you need. Cheese and pepper, I'll give you a slice what you need. Like, I got some extra candy, sodas, like the whole thing. I'm not buying pizza. I mean, I'm not buying movie concessions. Like, I just refuse. I refuse. Absolutely. Um, and it's... Just the tickets themselves was fifty dollars for us to go see Black Panther, and oh I was like, gosh. "It's crazy!" And y'all want to spend all this money on candy? It's 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 just insane. It is insane. It is. All right, let's get into it. Let's unpack it. Um, over the last several years, there have been tons of conversations and a lot of dialogue around monogamy, polyamory, polygamy etc, etc. And some of everybody has given their two cents regarding this matter. Is it reasonable to request monogamy? What's attainable? What makes sense? Etc, etc. And I personally know where I stand, uh, you know, but I do want to I do want to have this conversation because I think that just in many things, we go along with what we've been conditioned to believe. We go along with what we've been programmed to think is the right thing, you know, 
um, instead of taking the time to analyze our beliefs, to dissect them, to um, figure out what works for us and figure out, do I even believe in this thing, whatever it is. And I've been doing that for this particular topic. Like, where do I stand when it comes to this? Like, do I even want monogamy? Is it reasonable? All the things, right? So like, let's just get into it. Clearly, as I say that you are a husband and you are married to one woman, so we can make some assumptions, right, about where you stand. But I still do want um, you to like unpack this with me. So like, where where do you think this even came from? Like, when did monogamy become the standard for romantic relationships? So this is my non-factual uh, Maurice conjecture answer. <laughs> I think somewhere along the way, some black woman got fed up and said, you know what? Mm-mm, I'm not sharing. We don't do black woman slander over here. Oh, shades of brown. Nah, that's not black woman slander. That's like, look, I'm not sharing you with nobody. So this is it. No other women. But uh, really, I honestly uh, do not know um like, even if you just go, like, research it, like, there is no specific time period as to when things shifted or even, like, what made it shift. It yeah. was more so uh, people just being theoretical as far as, like, how things shifted, uh, which is why, like, my conjecture answer is <laughs> kind of funny. But um, it, it's really unknown. I think um, it became more of a societal norm over time and then people just accepted it as the norm uh and i'm not saying anything is wrong with it like you said you know uh, i'm a husband of one wife um so for me that's a normal thing um but um even in just you know getting prepared for this topic you know i was looking at different things about uh how um over time men's were not being protectors of their children. Um, and it became, a, I'm just making babies over here, making babies over there, making babies over here, but they're not protecting any of those. So like even in the wild, there are like um, little packs of animals that, you know, tribe together. And if you can't protect what's in your pack, then you are looked upon as weak. You are the one who normally gets ambushed and taken over and you get the boot and then somebody else takes over. Uh, like you can look at, you study any lion packs or tiger packs, that's typically how it rolls. Um, but um, I think as humans, I think we kind of adapted some of that same mentality because you know, there was all these babies and people was just going out, you know, doing whatever with the kids, you know, uh, killing kids off and stuff like that just to get back at, you know, the father of the kill, the children. Um, so I think it, it just became a norm over time to just settle in with that one individual so that you can protect everything uh, with that one individual. You brought up a good point about... Um how certain species and wildlife, how they operate. And I've heard this conversation several times and that often comes up in regards to like how other mammals do this family thing. Um, and like you said, we see that in the wild, we do see a lot of um, like tribes or, or families that are not just the, 
I guess the female animal and the male animal carrying a family is, is like a whole community, right? Um, with that, do you believe that monogamy comes naturally for humans? Like, do you think that it's something that innately we just are, like we should be monogamous by nature? Naturally, I would say no. Uh, naturally, I think we have the desire to um, feel love and be loved by, you know, anyone who would receive us in that way. Um, even in our friendships, uh, our companionships, relationships, everything, like you choose the people who you can receive back from. You're not just randomly out saying this is my friend and this person never pours anything back into you, uh, unless you're delusional, but that's a whole different case. But um, the uh, the natural progression of how you feel when you interact with someone else and they return that same love to you, I think that is a more poly situation versus mono. Like there's so many times where we, um, and diving into another topic like there are so many times where uh people will say well how can you fall in love with you know more than one person well i mean it's kind of easy if you really think about the true nature of it um but there are um parameters that can kind of like shift that and you know you can get real technical on you know the definitional love and things of that nature but I, I think we innately do not have uh, a monogamous uh feel or culture yeah I would agree with that um I would agree that monogamy isn't natural for humans um and we see that, like you said, in, in pretty much every relationship we have, except our romantic ones, we have um, multiple parents, even if, you know, we don't uh, have a relationship with multiple with both parents. We do have um, multiple parents, two parents. Right. And some of us have even more. Right. Step parents or however the case may be. Um, and we have the ability to hold space for these people who hold the same position, you know, the same title in our lives, right? Yet we have the ability to love them equally without my love for one taking um, love away from the other. Um, I have multiple siblings, right? And I have the ability to hold space and love each of them equally. Um, same with friends, children, you're a parent, right? You have more than one child. And I'm sure you can speak to how you love th them all with all of you, right? Like it, it isn't, like you're just giving each of them a, a, a separate piece. It's like, no, I have the ability to give this one person like as like e equal amounts of, of me in whatever capacity that is. Um, so yeah, again, by nature, I don't think we are monogamous people, but I do think this, this is, this is what has shaped my belief though. And what I've um, in specific, specifically regarding marriage, I have come to the belief that no, though I don't believe we're monogamous by nature. I think that's why marriage is so beautiful and it's a covenant is because it reflects something that is higher than human nature. It reflects something that is supernatural. Um, and for those of us who are believers, we believe that marriage is the ultimate reflection of Christ's love for the church. So if I come into a covenant with a partner, you know, in marriage, I'm choosing to 
reflect the ultimate sacrifice and reflect the ultimate love, which was Christ coming, dying for and saving the, the church, um, the world, for those, of course, who believe, right? Um, so in that way, you know, it's like, oh, okay, so cool. I'm choosing to deny nature for the sake of something that is, that goes beyond nature, something that's supernatural. And I hope that makes sense to my listeners. Like, the, I'm not saying that I don't agree with monogamy. I'm just saying that I don't believe it's natural. Like, because I have the ability to love Absolutely. so many people, you know, this, with an intense capacity, but it's different. Right. So, Yeah. Um, ultimately, I just yeah, it that. totally makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but uh, it totally makes makes sense uh, in how you explained it, because we have the ability to pour out in multiple ways to different people. And the thing about love is that each person receives love differently. So it's not like you're always pouring out in the same manner to each person. Um, and like you said, the beautiful thing about marriage is that it's a choice. Um, if you choose to deny everything else to commit to this one person in our uh identification of marriage in this society and in our beliefs, um, we believe, you know, one person we're married to, we uh, choose to deny everything else. And I think that is the true beauty in marital relationships because you're allowing yourself to express the love that you could naturally pour out in other places to pour into one person and to continue to choose that person even when your love doesn't necessarily say, I still love this person. Yeah. So um, th yeah. that to me is true beauty. Yeah, it is. So tell me this then, because th this is my conflict, right? Like I'm a believer. I subscribe to what, you know, the Bible says about marriage, right? Um, and I desire marriage. I, I want to be married one day to one man, right? Um, and I believe that it takes Holy Ghost power to succeed in a union like that. Um, but you know, we're not always filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not always operating, you know, at our best self. Sometimes, you know, we maybe we not we ain't been praying how we're supposed to be praying. We're not, you know, submitted or surrendered though we're supposed to be surrendered, right? So if I'm saying this union requires, right? It's a, it's a what is it, three-strand cord, the part both partners plus God, right? Yeah, three-strand cord. Mm -hmm. Um, if I believe that, right, yet in some way I've taken God out of it, I'm just doing it you know, operating in ego or whatever, whatever, just in my own strength. Is it possible to succeed in that union without that? Like it, I guess what I'm asking is, is it even reasonable to expect that my partner or even myself would be successful in monogamy um, without God being involved? Like, is it, is it even reasonable? Like, should I should I just expect infidelity? Like, should I just expect that that's gonna gonna happen? Considering that we're human, um, perfection doesn't exist. Like, you get what I'm saying? I absolutely understand. Um, first of all, you better not accept no infidelity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we ain't playing that. But um, you know, there are so many situations in which it happens. Um, 
there's so many untalked about stories. There's so many uh you grow up and you find out this person got a child over there and you're like, what? Well, how did that happen? They've been married for 25 years. You 22. What? It happens all the time. But the one thing that I would say about marriage is that that is not something that you should expect to happen. Um, it does happen in cases, but it's not something that you should expect to happen. And then also, um, Going back to your statement about the three strand cord, I'm going to try to unpack it uh, as best as I can. The way there are successful marriages that neither party believes in God or any spiritual being, a higher power, there are successful marriages out there. Uh, so whether they want to acknowledge God's hand on their marriage, um, because, I mean, he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Right. Um, so whether they acknowledge it, that's on them. And the marriage of a believing couple, I would say. There are times when you'll find yourself and even to be transparent, you know, in the times that I've had troubles in my own marriage, um, there are times when if I really analyze that chord, it would be God over here and me and my wife over here. Like we're doing our own thing, mm -hmm. but God is like, nah. So we're not involving God in that picture. And so I can tell in those rough moments when there was a God involved with us and when there wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's very evident in like retrospect, you you know, analyzing different situations, different things we've went through, different arguments, different whatever. Um, there are times where you can really just see like we were having a rough spot, but God really carried us through. Mm -hmm. Or in this situation, mm, we probably should involve God a lot more than what we did. Mm -hmm. And we probably would have been able to get through that a lot better than the, what we did. Um, so I think it's it's uh, it's definitely a challenge to continually acknowledge God as the center. Um, but the more you focus on trying to ensure that God is the center of everything in your marriage, the easier those things will be um, and the easier your marriage will flow. Because just like anything, like you mentioned, you know, the Holy Ghost, like the Holy Ghost is more than just, you know, speaking in tongues on Sunday. The Holy Ghost also gives you the unction to speak certain things. Like sometimes I may just need to speak to your uh, insecurities today. Sometimes I may need to uh, give you a little bit of affirmation uh, to help you along your way. Sometimes I may need the Holy Ghost to tell me that you need a little bit more nurturing today versus any harsh criticism or, you know, me just being blunt and speaking the truth just because I feel it's the truth and you need to hear it because I got to say it. And then now we're in an argument because everything then blew up. Um, I think those are things that you you have to truly like hone in and acknowledge about your own self uh, to be able to move forward in your marriage successfully. That's good. And I love that you brought up the point about um, non-believing couples having successful marriages, because that was not what I was trying to communicate in that. Um, the only way you can succeed is to have God in it. What I was trying to communicate was I believe the institution of marriage is holy. 
So whether or not you believe doesn't really matter. Once you come into that covenant, that covenant is holy. So if you believe or not, like like you were saying, and I think you touched on it was like, whether you acknowledge it or not, this covenant itself is is holy, right? It's it's more it's it's a spiritual law kind of thing. Like it is, it doesn't matter if you believe or not. The institution itself is holy. So that's what I was referring to in that you know whole three court strain thing. So thank you for for um, saying that to provoke me to clarify because I didn't want nobody want folks saying what you mean, you know? Because thanks be getting divorced too, and and <laughs> I believe data shows yeah. that believe believing couples get divorced at a higher rate than. Um, you know, just the average couple, which I believe the statistics are in general, the statistics are one in two couples will get divorced. And I think that's even higher, unfortunately, um, in in the church. I'm not sure the specifics, but you guys can look into it, which is unfortunate, but that's a whole other conversation. Right? That's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, we I can do, dive into it. But I, <laughs> I mean, I, I do think, though, that it's, it's worth mentioning because I believe it goes back to what I initially said when we began this conversation. I don't think we interrogate ourselves enough in this in in, in realizing what it is we truly want, you know, because I and I I dated a guy who broke it down to me like this. He said that. um um, You know, growing up, growing up in church. The guys were taught, you know, you marry the good girl, whatever that is. And y'all know, if you listen to this, you know, I hate that term, good girl. You know, I'm, I'm a recovering good church, good girl, whatever, church girl, good girl, whatever. I hate that term. But a lot of dudes were, a lot of dudes in the church were taught you marry the good girl, right? So even though your desires may, you know, um, align with something else or may not align with that quote unquote good girl, um, because you want to be this upstanding guy, that's what you do, right? So that whatever you believe that good girl is, right? You know, she cooks, she cleans, she's domestic, but she might be playing Jane. She might be homey. She might be extremely conservative. And maybe you want somebody who just gonna wild out or who, who isn't conservative. Um, he was, and he was like, yo, like what ends up happening is the church dude marries the good girl. They get in the marriage and realize that they don't want the good girl. They actually wanted someone who was maybe more liberal or who had more sex appeal or who was more adventurous or who didn't go to church three times, four times, five times a week. You know what I'm saying? Like they wanted someone who aligned with, you know, who they really, really were. So I do believe that that touches on, you know, like um, why maybe Christian marriages aren't succeeding because we're not being honest with ourselves. Um, we can be so spiritually minded that we, you know, aren't just thinking about basic things. Absolutely. I think uh, even to add to that point, like, um, you know, we were taught to go after the good girl, but <laughs> the only way that they ever really described the bad girl was the bad girl who had a high body count, like a girl who was being promiscuous and having sex with everybody. That was the only bad girl. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, there's so many other things that can make a person bad other than yeah. how many sexual partners they've had. Um, and that to me was something that I had to unlearn um, as I became an adult, just to realize that there are a lot of great women who have had a lot of sexual partners, point blank period. Yeah, It doesn't matter uh, what you think about them um, because of, you know, whatever you've been taught. Um, and it's a it's a line from one of my friends song. Um, what if the truth to you is an illusion 
of the culture you came from. Mm. And I thought that was so powerful because like a lot of people view that as their truth just because their culture taught them that, but it's not really the truth. Once you really learn that there are amazing women out there that have had sex or have done drugs or have done all these things in their life, like that doesn't make them a bad person. They may have made bad choices, but it doesn't make them a bad person. Um, Once you get beyond that, and you can accept that. And then you also can look beyond. It takes maturity to look beyond the peer pressure of all your boys saying, man, she don't be with some of everybody. Yeah, it takes peer pressure. Uh, it takes maturity to look beyond that peer pressure. But when you are settled in yourself, none of that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's interesting because, man. I keep thinking of like more things to talk about. Like it's interesting because we talk about that that mentality, right? That the bad girl is the girl who has multiple partners or, or a lot of partners, whatever a lot is, and that is relative, right? Um, but in the context of this conversation in, in regards to monogamy and polyamory, we I see I, I hear about a lot of men, particularly who desire polyamorous relationships, relationships that you know, where they have multiple partners. They might not, they may not be married to, you know, multiple people, that's polygamy. But in polyamory, it's like, you know, more of like those open relationships. Um, And it's like, okay, so you don't want the girl with a high body count, but you want someone who is open to you having multiple partners. And it's like, make it make sense. So is it that a lot of men who desire open relationships. What do you think about this? Like, is it that a lot of dudes really desire polyamory where both partners have the opportunity to have multiple partners? Or is it that men out here just really wanting a bunch of women and and they're not able to like, to take that in return? Like if it was vice versa and if she has multiple men, like, what do you think about that? I think it's both and. Um, I think... There are uh, men who really desire to just have uh, open relationships uh, where, you know, their woman can have other people, they can have other people. Um, and I think there are men who say that they want that, but they really are just living out that whole childhood fantasy of being with more than one woman. Um, and I don't even know how that even started, like how that became every young boy's dream to, you know, have sex with more than one woman, you know, have threesomes or whatever. Um, I don't even know how that ever became like the whole young boy's dream. But could it, could it um, be like um, the influence of the porn industry, possibly? Quite possibly. Um, I have my whole theories about that. Uh, and we could talk about that at a whole other <laughs> another time. Uh, yeah. But um I think uh, just a, a small synopsis of that. I think porn and pedophilia and all of those things are kind of like tied in together as a distraction for uh, us as men and even women, but us uh, men in particular to uh, want to live out this whole fantasy in our minds. And the only way that I am tying pedophilia in with that is because generally that starts when we're children. Mm -hmm. So we we're fantasizing about other younger girls, like some girl in your, uh, 
high school math class or, you know, whatever. Um, and then it turns into, you know, full on porn. Cause like, even when you're, there's a certain age bracket where like older women don't mean anything to you. You don't care nothing about them older women. Cause you, you obsess with these young girls, but then there's a shift where it's like that maturity kicks in and now you only want older women. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think all of that um, whole porn industry and all of that being uh, even more accessible now than even when I was a child um, is allowing culture and society to like paint this picture of just be openly sexual, openly free. When um, going back to the question you asked about the men and what they really want, I think it's um, some of them living out fantasies of what they saw in some, you know, porn video or even just um, being tied to an immature mindset of not really wanting to commit to one person uh, and be committed in that one relationship. Like you said, like you're, you're having to deny your nature to want to be with one person. So uh, it takes maturity and being committed um, to do that. If you don't want a commitment, it's easy to have all these women. Yeah. And and let me go on record, you know, I, I'm clear about, you know, what I desire, which is monogamy. Right. Because like you said, again, I'm a black woman who don't want to share. OK, I ain't trying Absolutely. to share, at least unintentionally. I have unintentionally shared, but I won't do it on purpose. OK. <laughs> um, But I get it, though. Like, I get how because we all of us have a selfish nature. We all want our desires to be met. We are not naturally self-sacrificing. We're not naturally these, um, I mean, the Bible talks about how like our heart is deceitful. Like we're not, anything good about us is because of Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like there ain't nothing, human nature isn't good. I'm trying to say it in a way where I don't want to sound like super religious, but like people are good, but that's because of Jesus. So yeah. But I understand how this works, though, because even with my friendships, like most of our friendships are polyamorous. We don't none of us have just one friend. And if you have just one friend, maybe seek out more <laughs> friendships, you know, like you you only need a good solid two or three. Um, but, you know, you can have more than one friend. Um, and I have friends, right? Like some, it's like, okay, I know this is my travel friend, right? Or others, it's like, okay, this is my friend. We're going to go to conferences and, 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 you know, church. Another friend, okay, this is my, you know, like, let's hang out. Let's go dance. Let's go, you know, this is my adventurous friend. Um, and there are some who, you know, they, they, they cross those lines. But I've learned that it is unfair to expect, like you were saying earlier about the whole pouring into people. It's unfair to expect one friend to pour into me in all the ways I need to be fulfilled, right? So I align myself with within my friendships where it's like, I know that I can go to this friend about this, right? Or like I have one friend who she's she loves the outdoors and she knows I'm not that person. So when she's ready to go hiking or, you know what I'm saying, go explore nature, she's probably not calling me unless it's a beach trip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's probably not calling me because she already know I'm gonna be lagging behind. I'm gonna be tired. I'm gonna be irritated because it's bugs. I'm high, I'm sweating. That ain't my zhuzh. I don't like all of that. Like I can do it, but it's not gonna be the same excitement, right? So she already knows, all right, well, you know, 
maybe after I'm done hiking, we can go get brunch. How about that? You know what I'm saying? So I understand people's desire to have polyamorous romantic relationships because um, one person can't fulfill fulfill all our needs. Um, However, I think it was beautiful when you talked about like the, the power of choice. Like we make a decision, like it's a, it's a, it, it boils down to choice. And I think even though I go back and forth with, you know, like, man, should I just expect infidelity? Like, is, it, is this going to just happen? I think it, it does boil down to choice. Like you have a decision to make and we, none of us have to be overpowered by our emotions or our desires or whatever. Like we, we can, we can choose. We can just choose. Um, Absolutely. Um, just to add even into what you were saying there about um, the relationships we had, like even going back to, uh, I don't like to say my player days. I'm going to call them my hoe days. <laughs> back when I was Everyone a needs, a, you know, a hoe face. OK, like get it out your system, you know, so it yeah. don't show up in marriage. <laughs> but going back to those days, um, I used to. <laughs> follow a method that I called my starting five, right? I always had a starting five. Not a starting had, five, Mary. <laughs> yeah, I always had a starting five. And I had a couple of the subs that was, you know, on the sidelines <laughs> that would be ready just in case I need to, you know, <laughs> let somebody sit on the bench for a little while. Um, but the one thing about them, uh, going back to your point, was that uh, each one of them had a different benefit. And that's how I decided my starting five. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just, oh, I'm just out here having sex with all these girls. Like I chose you because you can cook really good. (laughs) So I know I can always come to your house to get some food. Or (laughs) this one, she had a little bit of wherewithal. So anytime I go over to her crib, I know I'm getting a little bit of money when I leave. Or this one, I know she ain't gonna wanna do nothing extravagant. She ain't gonna send no money. She just wanna stay at home and we watch some Netflix and we cool. Or this one that loves to do all the, uh, you know, extravagant stuff. So me and her can go out on the town, have a, you know, nice night and, you know, do all that stuff. So it was just like, I kept my starting five based on that. And I rotated in and out, you know, all according to this simple principle of what I can get from each of you Mm. differently. Yeah. And I think that fed more into the natural nature of who we are. um, Just just because. Just selfish. Because it, it really allowed me to be able to express myself and keep uh, all these things flowing. And it, I never even lied to them about, you know, whether I was with somebody else. It was, you knew that I was with somebody else, but when I'm with you, you feel special. You feel like you're the only one. So you're good. All right, cool. Now let me leave here. You know what I'm about to go do when I leave here. So (laughs) I'll see you later. You're going to get your turn on Tuesday, like you always do. And we can keep this going. This episode is sponsored by the brand new book, Bye Bye Burnout, written by Nikita Lawrence. Nikita is an international speaker, best-selling author, HR leader, and executive coach, mentoring corporate women to rise, accelerate their purpose, and successfully navigate their careers in and outside of corporate America. Nikita helps women dismantle the negative patterns that have been keeping them stuck, exhausted, unsure of themselves and their worth using a simple framework. 
Her book, Bye Bye Burnout, is a no-shame guide written to help successful women leaders unpack their stressors, find freedom from exhaustion, and experience more peace in their life and work. This book is not a replacement for medical advice, but is a trusted companion to your medical provider's recommended treatment or recovery plan. Bye Bye Burnout is a must-read for women, moms, wives, sisters, co-workers, and friends going through a season of hardship or transition who want peace and need to silence the outside noise to hear from the small, still voice inside. Purchase your copy at www.wakeupyourgift.com and save 10% using the code Shades of Brown. Learn more about Nikita's work at nikitalawrence.com. And I've got my copy right here. And y'all, I've really been enjoying it. Um, it allows me to decompress. She has some stuff in here. One, the content is just really, really good. And um, before each chapter, there's this affirmation or a phrase where I can like color in, you know? So I've been like coloring and stuff and it's really been relaxing along with reading such good content. So good that I've gone and bought her other um, book. So I'm waiting for that to arrive as well. And yeah, this is really really good guys. So again, you can purchase your copy and save 10% using the code Shades of Brown. Thank you to our sponsor. Back to the show. I'll see you later. <laughs> You're going to get your turn on Tuesday like you always do. And we can keep this going. And um, honestly, um, that felt more natural. However, uh, going back to, uh, you know, you, you brought in the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit affects like it would always war against my spirit. Mm. Always, mm. always, because even um, it's no secret that I'm on my second marriage. I hope, you know, nobody's shocked by that, but it's no secret. But um, even in my first marriage, when I was cheating, um, I take full responsibility. I was the person cheating. I was being a dirtbag, whatever. But even in all of that, it was enjoyable while I was cheating. Mm -hmm. It was enjoyable while I was out doing whatever with all these different women. However, there was always the warring in my spirit. I never slept good at night. Mm. I never had any like at ease feelings, never like true peace where mm. I wasn't worried about anything. So it was me enjoying all these moments and having all of this um fun with all these different women mm -hmm. but i was still not at peace um it wasn't until going back to choice it wasn't until i made up in my mind when i met my current wife that i wasn't going to cheat anymore mm -hmm. like i literally before my current wife i literally cheated on every woman i ever been with in my past wow um and i i've been pretty open about that so this is not a shocker to anybody um I've cheated on every woman in my past. So when I met my current wife, I made the choice that I was not living that life anymore. Yeah. I was like, that was it. I'm done. I'm not going down that road anymore. Um, and so for me, that was true peace. That was when I began to actually understand that, all right, you don't need to all these, 
different women to fulfill you in any type of way. You don't need all these women to, you know, satisfy you. You can really make the choice and then allow God to intercede and you can be fulfilled with one person. Mm. Wow. 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 That's interesting that you say that. Um, Because you would think, right, like you're doing what comes natural to you. So you should be, you know, experiencing peace. And you're just like, no. Wow. Wow. I think that's powerful because it just speaks to like the whole supernatural, right? It's like it's always calling us to to come higher, you know? Um, wow. Thank God for grace. And we pray for those women, you know? Amazing grace. <laughs> pray for those women. We pray their hearts have been restored, you know, that they have found amazing, fulfilling relationships. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. I'm like, wait, was the whole phase during the first marriage? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was before and during. So, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Maurice. Man. Y'all, Maurice, I, see, I'm going to tell Maurice. Maurice was um, one of our musicians growing up in our church. He said he played the saxophone. These, these musicians out here, they be, they be on date. Now you're trying to blame musicians. <laughs> see? No, no, no. <laughs> They had nothing to do with that saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, dang, Maurice, I never do. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people didn't really know because I wasn't really like open about it, of course. Um, and then, like when I went through my uh, first divorce, it was. Um, I'll never forget. She actually came to me. And she was like, look, I know you're doing all this other stuff, but if you tell me that you will quit, then, you know, we can move past that. And I looked her dead in her face and was like, well, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I did. And like thinking back on that, I was like, man, like the trauma that just that simple statement caused was probably intense um so i i just didn't want to i like i was yeah. choosing to just be who i wanted to be and do what i wanted to do and in the end i still had no peace i i had none whatsoever and um that warned the spirit it was crazy and it actually um Crazy enough, I warned one of my friends about the same thing. I was like, look, what you're walking into, because y'all say men don't ever, you know, talk to their homeboys and get them in line. I was talking to my homeboy, like, look, that texting conversation that you have, and it's going to go a little further than that soon, because she's going to be wanting more, and then it'll slowly just creep up on you, and then you're going to start, you know, keep seeing how far you can go. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's the temptation. Well, how far can I really go? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I cut myself off there. I'm good. All mm -hmm. right. Then the next time, Oh, how far can I go? And then, uh, eventually you just out there and then you're like, what? <laughs> and so once you're out there, you don't want to turn back. Yeah. And I kept warning him like, look, don't do it. And sure enough, he fell for it. And as soon as he got into that situation, I was telling him, like, look, bro, you're not going to have no peace. And man, he would call me uh, like late at night, like, man, look, <laughs> I can't even sleep. 
I tried to tell you, knucklehead. <laughs> but it's it's just a, a as believers, when God has called you, He has called you. When you have the mark on you, listen. <laughs> it all that stuff that you're trying to do to run from your calling, God is eventually going to call you back. Yeah. Like, all right, that's enough. Let me read you back in. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, like you, you have to make up in your mind that that's not the life you want to live. Yeah. Because um, I could easily, you know, keep doing it. Like, mm-hmm. I can teach other. That's the how easy it was. I can teach other people to do it. That's like, a master class easy. on infidelity. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's easy. Like, yeah. Most people, um, even, and this is going to sound crazy, most people think, you know, there's certain women that are outside of their range. Like, mm. because you are, you know, who you are, you don't feel that this woman over here is within your reach. But that same woman just wants somebody to tell her that, you know, she looked good in that outfit. Mm-hmm. That same woman wants somebody to just spend some time with her, give her some affirmation. So all you're doing is taking what she wants and providing it to her. So then she becomes within your range and then you can do whatever you want to do at that point. So I used to always say, like, there's nobody outside of your reach. It's just a matter of what they want. Jesus, Jesus. And so <laughs> just to reel that back in, it's like you can play this game for however mm-hmm. long you want to. Mm-hmm. If I chose to today, I could go back mm-hmm. and run that same thing over and over and over again because it, it's easy. Mm-hmm. But to me, the going back to the beauty of marriage and things, there is a beauty in choosing just one woman to pour into. There is a beauty in choosing uh, to focus all your attention on one person. There's a beauty in um, finding different ways to pour out yourself into one person. And I would rather take the hard choice yeah. than the easy route. Yeah, that's powerful. Man, that's really powerful. Okay, so. We see, because clearly, you know, we're both believers. We see, you know, majority of believers subscribe to monogamy because we believe, you know, it's the Christian way. Um, but we see polyamory and polygamy all throughout scriptures, right? Uh, we know the wisest man, King Solomon, he was known for having hundreds of wives and concubines. So um, many of us subscribe to monogamy because we believe it's the Christian way, right? Um, However, we see polyamory and polygamy all throughout the scriptures, right? Um, The wisest man that we know in scripture is King Solomon, and he was known for having hundreds of wives and concubines. So do you think that God ever condoned this setup? Um, And if so, did God change his mind? Like, what happened with that? Yes, so... I think, uh, like going back to those things, that that was more so their culture during that time period. Um, but here's the key to that. Back then, if I owned this plot of land, all this cattle, all of this, when I die, it is, you know, passed down. Mm-hmm. So there's ownership, there's um, possession, 
that, you know, continues on. And with all of these wives, there is a lineage created because majority of them, they were having children. So now I'm creating a lineage. And this lineage is, uh, at the time then, was a lineage that was supposed to be created to look back and worship God, Jehovah, um, during that time period. So this was more acceptable in that time than now, only because of how we started to view the actual covenant. Um, when we look at it, we're thinking of the covenant as one uh, man, one woman, um, and we are being bound by that covenant based on our belief and our principles. Um, going back to what you um, said earlier about how biblical principles apply to um, people, it's just like the uh, the law of reciprocity. Well, the law of reciprocity, um, couldn't get that word out. Um, you know, you give, it's going to come back. It's mm-hmm. it's just a principle. The sowing and receiving like that is just a principle. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the covenant uh, of marriage, it's a principle. God honors that covenant. Um, so over time, what also happened in the shift was that we started trying to add legality to morality. Mm-hmm. Um and so that covers things even like, you know, Roe versus Wade, the whole abortion thing. Like, you know, we uh, we started trying to legalize things based on a moral principle. And so then it became the standard. Mm. It became what we accepted. So God being God, he sees the covenant. He honors the covenant that is established and not necessarily... Um, how it was when, you know, he created time back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of how we are. I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't sound crazy. Uh, the way that we uh, establish the belief in the covenant now. And that's what he is honoring. Mm. Okay. I think, I think I feel what you're saying. Like, I think I get that. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. It's just like, and this can really go down the rabbit hole. It just don't be sitting right with me because as a woman, it's like so much of this goes back to misogyny and, um, the patriarchy, right? Like so much of it is rooted in that. And it's why, a lot of times when this conversation comes up, it's like we're missing the bigger picture, though, because if this thing was flipped, you know, and women were empowered or were seen as the empowered inv- individuals as they are, as we are. I don't I don't know that this conversation will be the same um, because w- women have legacies, too. Right. You know, and I get that in our culture, we do, you know, like the woman takes on the, the man's name. Right. His name is the one that carries and yada, yada, yada. I get it. But like. Women can be creating families and passing down things, too, and having multiple men, too. But it just seems to focus so much on this the man's goal and his ambition to do whatever. Right. So we can look at in today's culture, Nick Cannon would be, you know, <laughs> uh, our 
um, example of of this, right? It's like you're making babies here and there and, and, and here and there. And I remember, and of course, you know, everyone knows, including the women he's with, everyone knows that he is this open man who isn't really trying to, you know, settle down and marry since Mariah Carey, right? But I remember listening to one of his child's mothers. She was interviewed on a podcast and listening to this girl, my heart broke for her because again, right? She's choosing, you know, this sort of relationship, right? So I'm cool with that, right? Because for me, it's like, hey, if both parties have the opportunity to choose this, I'm on with it. Just don't lie to me. You know what I'm saying? Let's all make sure that we have, uh, you know, an understanding and we're on the same page. But as I begin to listen to her, I'm like, you don't want this for real. Like, I, I forget which mom, which mother it was. I'm not sure which one in the lineup, but I know that she's one who has multiple children by him. And she even said, like, you know, oh, I know that, like, eventually, you know, I'll get married to somebody and settle down. Like, I know Nick Cannon isn't, the, he isn't it for me. So I was like, wait, so you do want monogamy, but you are out here in this for, I don't know, it's just like, I just want, what I ultimately want us to do is one, destroy oppressive systems um, that um, do not honor both men, women, and whoever else, non-binary, all the people. And two, I want us to be honest about what we really want and be honest. Because like, you know, for, for someone like me who honestly struggles in believing that um, a man will honor monogamy. Like I have to choose to believe that that exists and then I'm allow myself and my beliefs with that, right? And not settle for anything less, regardless of my doubts. I know that what I want exists, right? So be honest about that. And if you truly want polyamory, go find that. If you truly want polyandry, poly, polygamy, whatever all the other polys are, if you truly want that, if that is your heart's desire, Go do that and live your best life with all the people. Just be safe and all the things, right? But I want us to really investigate our true desire. Is it that we just truly doubt that monogamy is possible? Is it that we're too selfish to deny ourselves and honor God and what, you know, I believe he's established as, you know, a beautiful covenant? I don't know, but I just want us to be honest uh, with, with, with who we truly are and what we truly want and align with that. And get away with this BS and mean, be honest about like, are you really poly? Are you really poly? Or you just want your cake and your, and your ice cream? You want to eat it too? Well, I hate that analogy because if you got ice cream, of course you want to eat it. If you have cake, of course you want to eat it. But you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Uh, I think uh, like going down that trail, I think uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, misogynistic practices that have over time stayed in place. Um, just looking at the Bible, the Bible is one big Jewish wedding. If you really look at it, it's a big Jewish wedding. Uh, but in that the culture during that time period didn't give voice to women truly. Um, although you you see pockets of women rebelling against what the culture was at the time. Um, and I think that is how we got to the freedom that we somewhat have today. You know, I still don't think women have their equal voice um, or part. And, you know, I, I definitely try to do my best to um, level those playing grounds. But I think that 
in today's society, women have a lot more power to choose um, what they will accept and won't accept. And I think uh, uh, polyamorous relationships are one of those things. Like, uh, if if it's not what you want, then you don't have to just settle for it because that's all you're being offered. Um, you can do whatever you want. There's somebody who will give you exactly what you want. Um, and even like, because I, I know a few people who are uh, having polyamorous relationships. And even in those cases, usually it's one of two things or well, one of three things. One, they were in a previous relationship and they didn't want to get tied down to nobody else. So they don't want to be truly committed to someone. Um, so they, you know, use that to have an excuse or two, um, they were hurt in their previous relationship. And instead of them committing to someone fully because they don't want to get hurt again, they just, you know, you know, throw themselves out there to multiple people. Or the third example is people who uh, just do not want commitment at all. And they are afraid of commitment or they're running from it. And so they, you know, choose to be with multiple people. Um, do I personally think that they are wrong? Uh, wrong according to my beliefs. But do I think they are functional people in the society? Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of like the whole um, thing that, you know, Christians get bashed for um, how they treat the LGBT um, plus, I don't know all the the letters. LGBTQIA plus. Uh, I, yeah, all the, I, I don't know all the letters. So listeners, please excuse me. But um Christians get bashed for how we treat them, but it's not necessarily, I, I think there's that fine line of knowing, um, and, and this applies to the polyamorous relationships, it's the fine line of knowing how to believe what you believe and still love someone for the person they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't believe that they're right, but I, I acknowledge that, you know, they're a person and I love them just the same. Um, and I and I hope that they don't just settle for living that life because they feel that that's all that they can get. Mm. Um, and I hope that at some point in their life, they can realize that there is more, uh, there is better. You don't have to uh, just settle for anything, especially women. Like women, you don't have to settle for yeah. just anything a man is going to give you. Um, you are so valuable. Um, women, um, and I'm going to even go as far as saying black women, you are a valuable jewel to this world, to creation, period. And I I believe that the more you understand that and the more that you accept that about yourself, um, you will see that in the reflection that you, um, have when you look in the mirror. Um, even, you know, as Christians, we, we always, uh, spout the whole Proverbs 31 woman thing. Um, 
which is so crazy because really that's Jesus talking about the church, but you know, whatever. Uh, um, we, we always thought that. Exegete the you text, know. Maurice. Break it down <laughs> for the people. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> We're talking about a different topic here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we have these whole ideals of uh, what a woman should be, but until a woman feels that power within herself and, you know, feels that she is valuable. Um, she is put in situations where she might accept anything and she might choose to allow certain things. Um, but uh, it is my hope, um, even you, like, Brett, you know, I love you, but I, I hope that you know that you don't have to accept anything. Like, you are enough, regardless of what your resume says, regardless of uh, what anybody has said about you based on the choices that you've made in your past, you are enough. And so your value doesn't have to come down to match someone else's choice or to match someone else's um, standard. You are you. If someone can't live up to that, then let them keep on moving. And that's how I feel about it. Thank you, brother. See, we should have stopped recording for this moment because you're trying to be all like having me crying on this episode. We're not doing that. Nah, I'm just giving it to you real. You say you want it real, so I'm going to oh, you real. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thank you for affirming Black women in general. Um, it it hit different when it comes from a Black man. It really, really does. And yeah, I, I often talk about, you know, how we bridge that gap between the genders in our community. And I just... I think it could be so simple, you know, um, but we overcomplicate it. And it's just, it's simple. It's like, just love each other, you know, like, and I think we can do that with our words. And I appreciate it. And you're not only saying that, but, um, and hopefully listeners, you guys will, you know, follow Maurice after this, but like, he, he don't, he's not just talking. Like Maurice is one who truly like is about um, equality when it comes to our value and, and all the things, right? So I, I just appreciate you. So so thank you for sharing that. And also, I appreciate you mentioning what you said about like what you've observed in the folks, you know, who are in polyamorous relationships. And it made me think about how so many of our decisions and all the things that we do are based in are based in fear and this scarcity mindset where it's like, let me let me go down the safest route. And I do this right because. You know, like people are in pain, people are hurt. And if we have not chosen to, you know, confront those fears, confront those past traumas, confront our history, whatever it is, we end up doing whatever necessary to just not feel pain. In the safe way, oftentimes it's, well, let me just be poly because I don't have to, you know, be vulnerable in a way where I'm risking my heart again, where I'm risking it all, right? Because commitment is scary. Like loving someone for real and being loved for real, that is it's scary. Like, it's so scary, you know? So it it is safer to say, well, let me, you know, have a start inside. Let me, you know, get this from this person, that person. That is a safe way, right? So if that's you, I would encourage you to truly like sit down with yourself and, and ask why, right? Like ask why and keep asking why until you get to the root of that thing. And if the root of that thing is I'm doing this because this is what, you know, serves me best. This is, this is my abundant life. Oh, God bless you. But I do feel that there's a lot of folks who once you get underneath all of that, you're going to find that, like what you said, Maurice, 
they've been hurt, you know, and they don't want to face that again. They don't want to experience that again. They do not believe that what they truly desire exists. Um, so yeah, y'all, like I I read this book um by Gay Hendricks called um man, the name escapes me. It's a life changer book and the, the title just leaves. What is the freaking book called? Anyways, it's by Gay Hendricks and he talks about um Throughout the book, he reiterates um, this mantra and this affirmation, which says, I expand myself um, for love, success and abundance. And um, all throughout the book, he encourages us to make decisions from love, success and abundance in order to align and receive love, success and abundance and everything. Right. And oftentimes we do the exact opposite. We're operating from fear, which is the opposite of love, right? Um, or one opposite of love. We're operating from fear and lack. Fear and lack drive so many of our decisions. And when it comes to romantic, romantic relationships, I think the same thing. Fear and lack. Because I'm a Black woman. And we have to be real about it, right? There's so many, a lot of the Black women who are pro-polyamory, the conversation is like, we have to be honest, like, hey, our Black, in order for Black families to thrive, we need to come together. Multiple women with, you know, a few men, whatever, whatever, in order for our families to thrive. And we need to build communities and all of these things, right? And, and, it, and it goes back to, you know, um, Eastern cultures and, and West African cultures and all the things like that, right? And in our context, you, we have to think about it, right? There's a lot of Black men locked up because of systemic oppression. It's a lot of... Um, there are so many, I don't want to get into all the factors, but there are so many factors that make it appear that the availability for single Black men is very slim. My own personal experience aligns with that belief that the, available, the availability of a single Black men is very slim. I'll talk to you about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so again, so many of our decisions come from fear and lack. And I am encouraging myself and my listeners to shift that and to start making decisions from a place of love, success, and abundance. And if I can freaking think of the name of the book, I'll put it in the description so y'all can, you know, look it up. Um, Is it, it learning was, to love yourself? It's, no, it's, if I hear it, I'll know it. The Big Leap? The Big Leap. Oh, okay. The Big Leap is <laughs> a life-changing book. Um, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And yeah, y'all, like it's I just encourage y'all to, to even say that, right? I expand myself for love, success, and abundance. And um trusting yourself to know that, and, and I'm talking to myself too, to know that when we do come up against new situations that trigger old pain and that trigger old traumas and and, and whatever, we are strong enough and capable to overcome that. We're not starting from scratch when we encounter new challenges. We're not starting from scratch. We have our history with us to deal with these new challenges in a in a wiser way, in a, a quicker way, in a more efficient way, in a way that keeps us well and keeps us whole. So let's not be afraid. And again, I have to reiterate because I don't want this to ever, I don't want this episode to come off as if I am anti-polyamory for everyone. Like, no, like, again, if that works for you, do what works for you. I'm not trying to Bible thump because there's a bunch of Bible stuff that I just be like, listen, I don't know who King James is. I ain't really rocking with a lot of this stuff. So 
I don't want to come up, come across like I'm Bible thumping, but I just truly believe that when it comes to romantic relationships, there is a way for us to do it successfully. And yeah. So. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. So Maurice, um, let's wrap it up. We got to go. Um can you close us out with just some, I, you really have had so many things that could have been a closer, <laughs> but I want you to give us an ultimate closer. Can you, I'm going to be like TBN. Can you look in that camera and just close us out and encourage this? <laughs> 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 Somebody is watching right now and someone needs to be encouraged for, for real though. Um, could you just close us out and like summarize and um, give us just some encouragement to like close this conversation out? Sure. Um, I'll begin with a, a Facebook post that um, I made yesterday. Um, it was in reference to typically at the end of a wedding, the officiant says, you know, by the power vested in me, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Um, so what he's doing, he's using the authority and the power given to him to declare something based on his authority. So uh, the question that I posed was, what are you doing and what are you declaring with the authority and the power that has been given to you? Um, so I would recommend uh, in this situation is that you declare those things about yourself that you want to see. Um, the more you say it out of your mouth, the more that your body and consciousness reacts to what you're saying. If you keep saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'll never be able to, then you will never be able to. But the more that you choose and you decide, decide to state your desires, I desire to be a more disciplined person. I desire to be, uh, you know, skinnier. I desire to be an on-time person. Um, and that's just small examples, but those are things that um, you can use to begin a cycle. Once you start the cycle of affirmation and hearing positivity, then I don't want to get, you know, too deep in the spiritual thing, but the world was created by God speaking a word. It happened. He spoke and it happened. If the power of God lives within us, then we should be able to speak and things happen. So the more we speak with faith, the more that we'll see the things that we desire in our lives. Now, if you go out there talking about some, you know, I desire to win the lottery, that's a little bit different. But when you speak in realistic things, like I desire to double my salary, I desire to establish more uh, or generate more income than expenditures. I desire to have multiple streams of income. Those are things that your consciousness will just naturally start to work towards. How can I make this happen? How can I do this? And then you start using uh, your words to develop strategies. So, what are you doing with the power that's vested in you to declare about yourself, your life, and the things that you desire? If you desire a monogamous relationship, it's yours. If you desire it, it is out there. I so go seen. after it. Yeah, they both. 
our thing. <laughs> Spicy mustard. <laughs> That's good. That's so good, man. That's so good. I cannot get away from this faith thing. Like in the last two weeks, God has just been like drilling it. Like get your faith up, bro. Like stand up. Like we is not out here on no punk stuff. Stand up in your faith, girl. Like you know better. Absolutely. Change your words, change your language, change your thoughts, renew your mind. What you want, you can have it. If you say it, you can have it. And I've been telling myself myself to the very thing in the, just in the past couple of weeks, you know, I have some, I have a whole little folder just for like dating and relationship stuff in my phone, affirmations, experiences, lessons learned, things like that. What I want, what I'm looking for, my list. <laughs> um, and one small thing I did recently was I went into my list, the, which the list of course is what I want in my future mate. Um, and I changed everything from I des- like I, I want to I will, right? Like I want him to be, and I'm like, no, he will be. Like, or or I want to have, like, no, I will have, I will have, he will be this, he will be that. Um, because like you just said, he he exists and we we serve an abundant God who who um has come so that we might have life and life more abundantly and one that we enjoy, one one that where we can experience peace and joy and other things, and we can see that in our relationships too. So thank you so much for your insight. Like I didn't know it was gonna be this spiritual, but I think it was very necessary. Even if it was just for me, like, it just helped me. So thank you so, so, so much. Let's get into brownie points. This is a segment that is set aside for us to celebrate ourselves for a recent victory, whether it's big or small. So Maurice, what are you giving yourself brownie points for? So I will give myself brownie points because, um, Although I'm telling you all this stuff today, I had to apply all this stuff to my same life. So I, I have recently started changing my uh, affirmations from I want to I desire. I don't know why that little shift in words makes such a big difference, but it does for me. Um, and so even in the past couple of weeks, I have been more uh, conscious of just stating those things out loud. And so just being disciplined enough to actually lock that in, I'm giving myself some bratty points for it. I love that. I love that. That's wonderful. Come on, Black men with affirmations. Yes. Maurice, when you start in your community, like Black men need what you got to offer. They really, really do. That's a sidebar conversation. We, we can talk about that later because oh, okay. you checking me, but we, yeah. <laughs> okay. I had an answer to that, but I, we can talk later. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm giving myself brownie points for y'all. Today, I tried a new recipe. I've never tried, I've never had or made um, stuffed bell peppers, but my dad has been talking about them for, for some months now. He just kept mentioning, I'm like, maybe that's his way of asking me to make them. So today I did. And first of all, it came out bomb. Okay. So give myself brownie points for trying a new recipe. Um, it's coming out bomb and also meal prepping for the week and being on time for this podcast. Like, cause I, I did all that cooking today and I was still on time and figured out a way to put on lashes and lipstick before 5.30 PM central time. So I'm giving myself running points for doing that. It was a very productive day and something great came out of it. Some bomb 
bell peppers. And now I have Yo, something to add to my like list of things to make. I love them. I be talking to my wife about them all the time because like she randomly made some one time and I was like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. them. Yeah. So I cannot wait to like, like actually like dig into like a full, like a full one when I when we get done with this. So yes, those are my brownie points. If you're listening, um, if you're watching on YouTube, please comment below what you're giving yourself brownie points for. It could be the smallest, simplest thing. It could be a major victory, whatever it is. Just take the time to love on yourself and celebrate yourself. If you're listening, um, please shoot over to uh, my social media or YouTube and like, and join in the conversation. Let me know what, let us know what you're giving yourself body points for. Um, thanks again, Maurice. Please let us know where we can find you and how we can um, keep up with what you got going on. All right. So uh, I really don't post really to my Instagram. I really just be on Instagram, just going through stories. <laughs> I've been sending all my friends stories. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, at Mo underscore Sizzlack, and that's M-O underscore S-I-Z-Z-L-A-C-K. Um, small story behind that. Uh, I play the saxophone. If you ever watch The Simpsons, Mo, the barkeeper in The Simpsons, his name is Mo Sizzlack, and he had a band called Mo Sizzlack and the Sizzlack Trio. Um, and so that that's where that name came from. I never understood. I was like... I was trying to piece it together. I'm like, all right, Maurice Mo. I know that's I'm like, what's the Sizzlack come from? Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it came from uh Mo Sizzlack from the uh Simpsons. <laughs> um, but you can uh find me on Facebook. Uh my name Maurice Horstead, M-A-U-R-I-C-E-H-O-R-S-T-E-A-D. Wonderful. You'll probably find more insightful stuff on Facebook than <laughs> Instagram, but and as for me, um, if you would like to buy some podcast merch, please visit everythingalleyb.myspreadshop.com or just click the link in the description below. To become a sponsor of Shades of Brown, please click the link in the description for more information. If you want to start a podcast yourself, but you're just not sure where to start, I would love to help you. So please click the link in the description to schedule a free consultation. If you would like to support the podcast in a way that does not cost you any money, there are plenty of ways. So you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Shades of Brown Podcast. You can subscribe to my mailing list with the link in the description. You can subscribe to this YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and click subscribe. You can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and you can simply just share this with your friends and family. That would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Maurice. I appreciate your support of this podcast for being a guest on this podcast and dropping all the jewels and the gems. It's really, really appreciated. As always, I would like to leave you all with this. I hope that you would be well, love well, and be loved well. You deserve that. Till next time.